It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Through all the years of my youth. God damn. That sounded old, didn't it? That sounded like what an old man would say. Through all the years of my youth. How about this when I was a kid? When I was a kid, I spent my early morning hours crawling on my hands and knees on the floor to select my wardrobe for the day. (laughs) It's true. Although my mother brought my clothes to my room, and she laid them down on my bed. I just never found the inspiration to pick them up and put them into my drawers. But instead, I would sleep with them still on my bed, and, of course, they got knocked over onto the floor. And I would spend the next morning crawling around trying to retrieve them in an order to put them on my body, which would end up covering the necessary parts. Often I found the pants before the underwear. You understand what I mean. So I had to kind of delay the process. The problem was, since I never put these clothes away and I never placed anything in a laundry hamper, but instead I just throw them back on the floor. I was never sure. I was never sure what was clean and what was dirty. So often... I'd find myself arriving at school and I'd sniff something horrible and I'd realize it was coming from my shirt. It was so embarrassing. But not embarrassing enough to keep me from changing my ways to make me do something different. Literally, if I, if I had a dime for every time I was told to clean my room, I would certainly be able to make a down payment on a motorcycle. I remember hearing those words from my parents, clean your room. But to me, it just sounded the same way as mow the lawn or take garbage out. I didn't understand the difference among these commands. They blurred. Although I now realize that these are three distinctively different adventures, mowing the lawn, taking out the garbage, and cleaning your room, all I heard was, interrupt your life! And my only thought was, no way, Jose. But up to the age of five, I was commanded to clean my room. And even though I didn't want to, my parents would often stand right over me, sternly gazing at me until I had achieved the task. I learned how to throw a fit and cast things around while I was doing it talking under my breath. 
And then I turned to them with a darkened frown like, you have ruined me for life. It didn't make any difference to them, at least. You see, the problem was I was a goddamn hypocrite. Because every time they made me clean my room, I was actually glad. Yeah. Because it was so much better. It was actually a room where rather than just a floor space for all my shit. There was room in my room for the room and me. It was freaky. When my room was not clean, I felt suffocated as if at any time the papers, the t-shirts, the underwear could all stuff up, stuff up my nose and suffocate the life out of me. But when I actually cleaned this thing, the, my room, it was like I had an actual area of my own. Of course, it didn't last long. I, I wasn't convinced by the experience to continue to clean my room. I was just enriched for that moment. It took me many, many years to finally come to the realization that cleaning my room was the formula to begin the elixir for sanity. Because every time I cleaned my room, first of all, number one, I, I created a path. There was a way for me to walk from my door to my bed, to my closet, to my phonograph, then back to the door, maybe over to the closet. All of this could be accomplished without tripping, stepping all over my Sunday suit, or wondering if I just spotted something crawling underneath the desk. It gave me a path. The truth is, when things are not clean, just the presence of disorder takes away some of the sense of our well-being. It is amazing how easy it is for us to become claustrophobic, bitter, resentful, because we're surrounded with a total and complete mess. And worse, this mess talks and accuses us. We're only here because of you. We're only here because of you. You're the reason for the mess. Even with the problems of our own making, if we cannot create a path to the answers, create a path to our friends, even sometimes it's creating a path to our faith, we soon become agents of our own destruction. Grumpy people do grumpy things and develop a reputation for being aha uh -huh, grumpy and therefore spend their grumpy lives being separated from others because of grumpiness i realized that when i cleaned my room i created a path i gave myself space to move and live you know what else i did second thing i did was i took that space and i expanded it by putting things in a place, some of them hanging midair in a closet, I discovered that I had more room than I thought I did. It's kind of like being at a budget meeting. 
You know, when you spill all your bills out on the table, it just looks freakishly impossible that any amount of money could ever cover them all. Hopeless. But just simply stacking your bills one on top of another and then paperclip the total of that stack at the top of the pile, you end up with a manageable figure which just doesn't look like it's ready to drain the life out of you. Not only did I have a room to walk in my room when I cleaned it, it also looked like my room was twice as big as I ever remembered it. It grew. It expanded my space. Which offered this possibility. A third thing. Smell well. Yeah. When I cleaned my room, it smelled different. There's something about dirty clothes lying on top of sweaty socks, stinky shoes, and leftover pizza in the corner that creates a fragrance that could um, almost depress anyone. When I took a deep breath, the room had a sniff of failure. But when I cleaned it, it did. It had a fragrance of success. My desk, for instance, looked like it you could sit at it and work on stuff instead of having my notebook in my lap trying to do my homework because my desk was preoccupied. The toilet was clean. The sink had all those little chips of toothpaste washed out and flushed down the drain. How about the towels? The towels were hung up. Usually my towels were on the floor. Wet ones on top of dry ones. Those wet ones being a very bad influence. Smell well. Because I remember the first time I ever took a girl into my room. And I hadn't cleaned it. And I heard her say, Ooh, yuck, it stinks in here. I realized that the only thing this room had in common was me. Since I was the proprietor of the room, I stunk too. It smelled well. Clean my room. It smelled well. And even though as a kid, I, I didn't get convinced of creating a path all the time or expanding my space or even smell well. It did plant a seed in my heart that as I got older and realized that the greatest gift I could give to myself was taking control of the circumstances in my hands, I could change my things. I could form my shit into something better. So I started making my bed. That means it was no longer a bed. I wasn't laying on a mattress or sitting on a mattress during the day. It kind of became a couch. I started hanging up my coat instead of throwing it on my covers. Suddenly my room looked like it was there for a reason. And I realized my room, whether I liked it or not, 
was a reflection of me. I don't know. What do you think? Things, they need to be cleaned up. We don't like it. Rooms don't stay clean. But if, if, if you learn to pick things up as you go, after a while you'll notice that you, you barely ev ever, you barely ever have to actually go through an all-out cleaning of your room. This whole lesson crossed my mind recently when I started thinking about the difference between my faith and my belief. Because people all the time tell me they believe in things that really they don't have a right to believe in. They, don't, they can have faith for them. They don't have a right to believe in them. They don't have enough information. They don't have enough authority to completely believe in them but they have a right to have faith in them. I, I just, I for one became weary of pretending I believe things that I really am working on in my faith. For instance, I have faith there's a heaven, but I don't exactly believe in heaven. I can't take you there. I can't draw a map. How arrogant. I have to tell you, I don't know for sure. God hasn't made me the champion for supernatural revelation and knowledge. But I sure can, and I sure want to. Doggone, I want to have faith for heaven. I have faith in God. But it's not like I believe in God. It's not like I can tell you, hey, here it is, and it's sure as shooting. I don't believe in God in this sense that I can sit around and argue with you about the details of who he is. Well, he, he wouldn't do that. I, I know God so well that he wouldn't do that. Me and God are so tight that I can tell you that he wouldn't do that. How stupid. You don't know and I don't know. That means we don't know. So what the hell? Cool down. I have faith in God. But I'm not going to go around and tell you that it's a belief that I can point to examples of thousands of... No, no, no. I have faith in God. I have faith that our country, although a little bit rattled, is going to do better. We're going to clean our room. We are. I don't think we're necessarily right now on the right path. I think a lot of things are going to come and show us how dirty the room is, how we don't have a path and we don't have room and space and we don't smell good right now. A lot of things are going to happen and shake us out of our selfishness and complacency. I think sometimes we just believe too much and then we find out we have to argue and fuss and defend it and condemn people and judge. And it leaves bitterness in our soul because we're not sure why it makes any difference for us. That's why you can sit in a room that's dirty and because you know it's your room, you get defensive about it. When if it's just a little bit cleaner, you see what I mean? No need to get defensive. If your religion doesn't have any practicality for how you feel 
how you think, how you work, and how you love, then your belief is not going to do much of anything but eat away at the faith you have in the life you've been given. So let's do something together. Let's clean up our room, our little literal rooms in our home, but also the, the room of America. Let's, let's get rid of the clutter. Let's clean our room spiritually so we can breathe, so it smells good again, so we, we got room for other people and it's not so cluttered up with things. Stop talking about things you don't know anything about. Instead, have faith and move with what you've got. Make a path for yourself. Expand your space. Make the place around us smell better. Yeah. Now there are some worthy goals that take us back to when we were five years old and told to clean your room. You see, the good news is when you clean your room, your room is clean for you and everyone you want to invite. And the better news is, if they come, if they come, you've given them a place to walk, a space to enjoy, and a heavenly smell. That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.